following podcast is a Jill Divine Media production. Um, I've had patients come to me that have gone to the urgent care because they're in so much pain and they can't get out of bed. They have to skip work or skip school. And, and that is not normal. It might be common to say that period cramps are extremely painful, but it really shouldn't be that way. Um, just because it's common does not make it normal. And so that is a reason we need to, to dig a little deeper and recognize that red flag when we see it, regardless of age or goal of, of fertility or not. This episode of Two Kids and a Career is brought to you by Elemental Aesthetics. You can be guaranteed that your experience is going to be unique and customized to your specific needs. See how they can help you focus on natural beauty enhancements by visiting ElementalAesthetics.com. Hi there, and welcome to Two Kids in a Career. I'm Jill Devine. As an entrepreneur, wife, and mama, the daily grind of trying to build a business while taking care of kids and trying to maintain a healthy connection with my hubby, it's a lot. With this podcast, you're going to hear candid conversations with other moms, parenting experts who can share their knowledge and insight, or you'll just hear me rambling to get it all out. There's going to be tears, there's going to be laughter, but most importantly, there will be support. Take a listen and connect with me so we can grow and learn from one another. This is Two Kids and a Career. Welcome to this week's conversation of Two Kids and a Career. My guest has been on before, Victoria Naveen. She was on episode 109, How Her Fertility Struggles Can Help You. And you can listen to that episode right now by visiting jilldevine.com or wherever you're listening to this current episode. And I invited Victoria back on because one of the things that I brought up to Victoria in that episode was this, I don't want to say it wasn't an epiphany by any means. That's too big of a word for this, but it was a, oh my gosh, at the age of 45, I still don't even know what is going on with my body. (laughs) And I don't think that I'm alone in that. Victoria, you see women of all ages and would you agree that that's kind of, do you, do you feel like you are re-educating grown women? Yes. Um, well, first of all, thanks for having me back. Uh, and second of all, absolutely. There are many women that come to me for either fertility struggles or just wanting to have better cycle health. And one of the first steps that we have to go through is just education on what is a normal cycle look like and signs that their body is giving them and allowing them to become more in tune with their body so that they can relearn or maybe even learn for the first time, what is the menstrual cycle and what does that mean for them? Exactly. So let's back this up. We'll back it up a couple ways. First, can you just go ahead and and briefly talk again about what you do for a living? And then I'll briefly explain how this initial conversation came about? Yeah. So I um, am a registered dietitian and a functional nutrition dietitian, and I work with women um, with irregular or absent cycles, and I help them nourish their bodies and balance their hormones so that they can have better cycles, restored cycles, or if their hope is um, to get pregnant, then to optimize their fertility. All right. So one of the things that we talked about, obviously, based on the the title of the episode you were on was infertility. And we could 
keep talking about that forever. I want to switch gears and again, tell listeners, if you haven't heard that episode, it's episode 109. And Victoria gives some great advice and encouragement when it comes to infertility and things to consider and things to look out for. But I want to talk about specifically the cycle because what happened was, uh, gosh, probably three or four years ago, I at that time was driving to work and I was listening to a podcast and it was a woman who it was very out of her out of character for her to have this guest on. She usually I was listening to like business and um, entrepreneur development. And she had this woman on who was talking about periods. And at first I was like, "Ooh." gross. What? Why are, what? What is happening right now? But then I started listening a little bit more to this woman who was talking about, you know, our cycle and different things and different weeks and days and what to look out for because you always just hear the norm. You have PMS, you have your period, and then that's it. But what she went into was things that I I started paying attention to my body. And then two things came from that. It was me thinking, why did I think it was icky to talk about? Because this is a natural part of life. And a woman at this age, really, I mean, it's not icky. And two, oh my gosh, I didn't realize all of these different things that I should be paying attention to, which could help me be able to cope with whether it is PMS or heavy flows or what are regular menstrual cycles. So that's why I wanted to have you on so we could have the period talk, which sounds so crazy at the age of 45 for me to say. But I truly don't believe that. And I think we talked about this a little bit in in the episode you were on before that we're not educated well enough on this. And that's a problem. I would agree. I think that the most that we get with education on this is going to be our middle school health class, if that. Mm. And they often just scratch the surface. And it's more of a, um, a this is what you're going to experience type talk, or this is what's going to happen, or just so you know, this is what it is but they don't necessarily talk about um, when things go wrong or what what does having a period mean and what do certain symptoms mean or who should we go to if something is off and and again, what do all these flags mean? And so after that conversation, most women are just left to their own devices of figuring out what is wrong or unfortunately what's even worse is they just assume that everything is normal. just because we don't have those conversations. And um, I actually have this quote up in my office from Lara Bryden. She's a, a leading lady in the period talk. And it's something big is happening in period health. Periods are coming out in the open. They are no longer something to be endured, concealed, or regulated with hormonal birth control. And I love that quote because it is, like you said, taboo to talk about. And it's like, it makes you uncomfortable or... Um, you know, if you hear somebody talking about it on a podcast or even just in conversation, you're like, I don't know if I should be having this conversation. This feels very personal. 
but all of us women go through it and it should be talked about because that's how we can normalize it and also normalize having issues with them and how we can better our cycles is by having those conversations so that we are aware of what is normal and what is not. I mean, (laughs) I can think of the times that, you know, going to the store to go get pads or tampons and how shameful, not shameful, embarrassed I would feel Mm -hmm. when I would go and, and check out and gosh, that is so wrong. Or sending, you know, you would always joke around like, I can't send my husband to go get those things. Well, why not? You know, um, it's it's one of those things that it does kind of, when I say it out loud, go, why is this such a big deal? Why have we not been able to embrace it? And And I guess it is because we don't talk about it enough. Yeah. And I think that we have this conception that when we have periods where we're dirty or mm. we're um, just possibly related to PMS, but we're, I mean, you've seen movies, you've seen videos or quotes or me, whatever of like, oh, she's on her period. So she must be really moody and you have to, yeah. you know, tiptoe around her and buy her chocolate and flowers. And like, they really dramatize having a period. And so we don't want to be that person. And so we conceal it. um, And we don't talk about it. And unfortunately, that leads to that feeling of embarrassment when we have a cycle or we need products for our cycle or anything like that. And, and instead of just realizing that it's a normal part of life, and it, in my opinion, it's actually something to be celebrated, because it's a sign of health. Mm, Yeah. All right. So in the best way that you possibly can explain in, (laughs) I know we could talk for hours, but in a way that makes sense to explain what is a normal period or what is a normal cycle. Let's start there. So in a cycle, there are four phases and the first phase is called the follicular phase. And that is really where um, the growing stage is happening. And so hormones from your brain are telling your ovaries to mature um, what is called a follicle. And that is what is maturing an egg and eventually will release an egg. So at that point, estrogen is the main hormone that is causing this um, maturing of the um, follicle that will eventually release an egg. And that then moves into what is called ovulation, which is the release of the egg. And spotting at different times of the cycle other than maybe the first day or two right before a full bleed. And so if a cycle is less than 21 days or greater than 35, then that would be a sign that something is potentially off. Um, Less than 21 days can actually be what's called an anovulatory cycle. So you can in fact bleed without ovulating. And so if anyone is um, trying to conceive, that's something really important to know because just because we see bleeding happening, it doesn't necessarily mean that we're ovulating and we need to ovulate. It's important um, not just to be able to conceive, but also because we need that progesterone. We only get that progesterone if we ovulate, as we talked about in the second half of the cycle. And so if we have a short cycle, that can be an indicator that we might have low progesterone um, or we're just not ovulating in general, we also need to figure out why are we not ovulating, which is causing that low progesterone. 
greater than 35 days, that can be delayed ovulation, which here and there um, occasionally can be normal in the sense of if your ovulation is delayed, it can happen due to a stressful event, an illness, maybe it was, a, you know, you had a job change or a move. Some that stresses out the body can delay ovulation. So if you notice your period's late by a little bit, you might think back about, oh, I had the flu this month or I got sick. That you know, could help explain that. But if it's constantly late or extremely long, we're talking 35, 40, 50, 70, I've seen 75 days, 80 days long in between cycles, that's definitely a red flag. And that could be a sign of PCOS or potentially uh, the starting of amenorrhea, which is just the absence of cycles. So there's a lot of things that we'd want to look into for that. Also with that, um, cycle length, that second half of the cycle, the luteal phase should be consistent. So once you ovulate, it should be about 12 to 14 days and you should have your period, assuming that you're not pregnant. Um, That first half, that follicular, like I said, is variable based on stressors. So that's kind of where the ovulation can be delayed because we're, you know, based on life events, but it should be close. That second half, the moment ovulation happens, it should be consistent where about two weeks later, you should have a period if you're not pregnant. If not, that is also a sign of low progesterone because we don't have enough progesterone to sustain a full luteal phase, that second half of the cycle. Um, And that's really important, again, for conceiving because we need progesterone to sustain a pregnancy. So luteal phase defect is what it's called. Um, That is a risk factor for miscarriages because we need progesterone to sustain a pregnancy. Progesterone actually means progestation. So the length of cycle is really important. Um, Knowing that you're ovulating is really important. And if you're not, that's another red flag. This brings me to just the fact that as women, we need to know our cycles. We need to track our cycles so that when we're having these conversations, you are able to say, oh, yes, I know how long my cycle is. I know how long my luteal phase is. I know how or if I actually... um, ovulated and when, um, all of those questions should have answers to them for you to identify maybe some red flags or the lack of red flags in a cycle. So tracking is going to be really important for, for healthy cycles too. Before we continue with this week's conversation, I want to talk to you about one of our returning sponsors, Elemental Aesthetics. They are back for season eight, and they have some new things going on. New specials for January includes trying out their brand new laser, the Agnes Laser, with some special pricing. Now, looking at the Agnes Laser and learning all about it, there are tons of benefits like under eye tightening, earlobe rejuvenation, but I want to talk to you about something that it just, it hits me, and that is acne. This is a revolutionary treatment for acne. It is as as effective as Accutane without all the side effects. Let me tell you, I know it's been a number of years since I was on Accutane, but the side effects of Accutane have not changed from when I took it in high school to now. It's brutal. It is not something you want to mess around with. It is a game changer, but all of the other things that go with it, it makes you hesitate wanting to take it. So knowing that there is a laser that can do that, 
oh my gosh, jump on it. If you are suffering, if you've been to dermatologist after dermatologist and you just cannot find a solution, please call my friends at Elemental Aesthetics. Visit them online, elementalaesthetics.com. I'm just telling you, you will be so thankful. So it's the Agnes laser. You can get special pricing this month only. Make sure you tell them that I sent you because then you'll get a free little swag bag as well. You can call or text 314-279-6069 to make an appointment or to ask any questions about the Agnes laser. It's 314-279-6069. Take advantage of the special pricing right now at Elemental Aesthetics. All right, back to this week's conversation. And there's tons of apps for that. Do you there have a are. favorite? Um, so... Tracking is is a little bit more than just an app. Um, the two most important ways that you can track a cycle is cervical mucus and basal body temperature. So when you're about to ovulate, there is what is called cervical mucus or cervical fluid that is created. Um, and it's a liquidy discharge. And I know this is where everyone's like, oh my gosh, we're having this conversation. Yes, we are. (laughs) Yes, we are. (laughs) We are because it's so important because without cervical mucus, then there's a really high chance that we're not ovulating. So cervical mucus is produced about a week before to five days before you ovulate and it changes. So it's, you start out dry, especially during a cycle. And as you gear up to ovulation, it changes and it becomes more sticky in consistency to then, um, creamy and then eventually egg white. And that egg white consistency, it's very, uh, stretchy. It's more clear, very lubricative. That is extremely fertile CM or cervical mucus. And we need that if, especially if we're trying to conceive, we need that for the sperm to survive in the environment to get to the egg in the first place. And so it's there for a reason. That's why it happens during ovulation. And we want to see that every cycle. Um, Without it, then there's a good chance we're not ovulating, but also it's a tracking marker for us to know, hey, ovulation may be occurring soon. Once you see that egg white, usually an egg will be released within about 24 to 36 hours, or at least mm. after that peak, uh, peak fertile mucus. So sometimes people don't get to the full egg white. It's more just more like a wet consistency. Um, but we want to see that because it's a sign of a healthy cycle and a healthy ovulation is about to occur. After the egg is released, body temperature goes up because of that progesterone. Progesterone actually raises body temperature And so you can then confirm that ovulation did actually happen with body temperature. So checking your temperature every morning before you even get out of bed with an uh, oral thermometer, you can keep track of your basal body temperature, which is just like your resting temperature before you get up or have anything to eat or drink before you, you know, get active and busy. What is that temperature looking like? You should see a rise that is sustained for that luteal phase. If you don't see a rise at all, then you maybe didn't ovulate because you can have cervical mucus, but if that estrogen didn't get quite high enough to trigger ovulation, then an egg wasn't released and you won't see a rise in temperature. Um, But if you do, 
then that helps you confirm that you did actually ovulate. Then you also want to make sure that that temperature is sustained. If it falls after a couple of days, again, maybe that short luteal phase, especially if you start bleeding sooner than um, that 12 to 14 days, which is what we're supposed to see. Um, so these signs are very helpful. Uh, some people also like to use ovulation predictor kits. That is measuring LH, which is a brain hormone that surges, it rises right before ovulation. So a lot of times if you can input that too, that's really helpful to see. But the cervical mucus in the body temp is the most reliable because for some people, LH is always elevated and it may not be accurate for everyone, especially like in PCOS. So that's just something to note. But cervical mucus, body temp, most important. Um, so you mentioned mentioned apps. The reason mm-hmm. why apps can be helpful is one, because it's a visual. So you can then, if your app lets you track cervical mucus and body temp, that's going to be more reliable than if it's what we call calendar based or calendar method, where it's just assuming that you have a 28 day cycle, or it's just assuming that you have a consistent cycle. We kind of talked about that if your follicular phase moves longer because your ovulation is delayed because you have the flu or because you moved or got a new job or tried a you know new exercise routine or, or diet or whatever, then you may not be ovulating on the same day. And so for someone who's trying to get pregnant, they may miss their fertile window. Or if they're trying to prevent pregnancy, that may not be accurate anymore because the app is just saying, hey, you're fertile at this time when really they're not, or they, you know, they're fertile at a different time because that cycle moved. And so if it's just a calendar base saying like, Hey, you always have a 28 or 29 day cycle, not the best method because it's just going off of a calendar and not your body signs. Well, all of this stuff, it's easy for me. I'm just personally saying like, okay, does this really apply to me? Because I am done having babies, but it does because it's also to understand what is happening with my body, correct? Yes. And so if your cycles are abnormal, that can be a red flag for anyone trying to conceive or not that something is wrong. We consider healthy cycles the fifth vital signs. When you go to the doctor, they take blood pressure and um, you know heart rate, all of that. And those are all vital signs. So is a period. If your period is off or missing, that is a red flag for us that something is off with hormones, maybe adrenal, thyroid, anything like that, that we might want to check into. Or again, just a a condition like PCOS or endometriosis, things that really need medical attention um, and a completely different treatment plan that we want to identify so that your cycles aren't abnormal. Um, For example, periods should be relatively painless. And that's a a very common misconception. It's just believed that we need to be in pain and endure it and get through it and move on. Shouldn't be that way. Um, I've had patients come to me that have gone to the urgent care because they're in so much pain and they can't get out of bed. They have to skip work or skip school. and, And that is not normal. It might be common to say that period cramps are extremely painful, but it really shouldn't be that way. Um, just because it's common does not make it normal. And so that is a reason we need to, to dig a little deeper and recognize that red flag when we see it, regardless of age or goal of, of fertility or not. Okay. Well, I am confused now because of the cramp situation. When you word it as in common versus normal, 
I I always thought it was just normal. I, so if you're cramping before, during, whatever, I mean, what is what does that mean? So if they're extremely painful, um, I mean, it can be a, a more serious condition like endometriosis, um, which should definitely be diagnosed by a physician. But if it's more of the PMS line where you're seeing uh, behavioral changes, mood changes, and more cramping before and during, could just be an imbalance with estrogen and progesterone. Um, Usually people with PMS describe like anxiety or mood swings, um, irritability, sometimes they get heart palpitations or extreme cravings, uh, more intense cramping, bloating, insomnia, you name it. Um, And all of these are common but not normal signs of a healthy cycle. Um, And so it could be an imbalance in that estrogen and progesterone um, production. Well, that was going to be my next question was about the PMS because that was something else that this woman that I heard speaking on this podcast that I was listening to talk about how um, sometimes people automatically assume PMS is, you know, just a couple days before or whatever it may be. And she was explaining, no, like the whole month, because I remember thinking, dang it, being a woman is tough because it's like basically every single day can be affected um, in between your cycles. But how, you know, when you really start paying attention to your body, you may experience some of these common things like three weeks before, because that's part of this phase or that phase. And it really kind of blew my mind because I was thinking, man, we always talk about PMS being right before you start, but that's not really the case. Am I getting that right or wrong? (laughs) It's so confusing. (laughs) Um, so it depends with, I mean, with there being four phases of the menstrual cycle, you are, if you are cycling, you are in one of those phases at all times and so, like every month. And so, yes, it does make a difference. The other thing to note is that when you release an egg for ovulation, that egg took a hundred days to mature. And so that's three months. So the egg that you released this month was being matured for the past three months. And so things that happen over the last three months can influence the quality of that egg and of that corpus luteum and of symptoms based on three months ago. So while that might seem like a, a negative or a bummer, it's it can also be a helpful thing to know that every day that you're working towards healthier cycles is making a difference because you're influencing eggs even in the future, not just today or right now. So especially with fertility, we're talking egg quality or anything like that. We're talking better cycles for months before. And that is why we want to look at those symptoms during all phases every month because it matters even later down the road. For PMS specifically, Usually we see it the first few weeks, if not the week before your cycle, mild bloating, mild um, changes in an energy or mood is normal. And that is because we 
naturally feel different during each phase of the cycle. And I, and I can go over that. Um, but when they're significant or debilitating, those are red flags. We need to dig a little deeper as to why are we having these symptoms? Why are we having an imbalance in, in our hormones? So I would like to probably wrap up asking, you know, last minute thoughts, advice, how do we, whether it be me at the age of 45 or a woman who might be, I don't know, 25 and trying to conceive, how do we take care of our bodies to make sure that we are doing all we can to have these healthy cycles? Yeah. So the first thing I like to recommend is to track cycles, because if you don't have that information, it's hard to know what direction to move in. Um, Or if you are working with a provider, it allows them to have a more personalized plan for you. Secondly, is to reflect on your eating and lifestyle habits. If we're seeing cycle changes, one of the first things we look at is, are we eating enough? Um, Especially if we're missing a cycle or it's very long um, in between periods, then we want to make sure we're eating enough food, enough calories, enough energy to sustain a healthy cycle. So having not enough food is a stressor on the body and your body is going to protect you and conserve energy. And one of the first things it's going to cut out to help conserve energy is ovulation because it's Mm. not going to want to, you know, hypothetically bring a baby into the world. If there's a famine, even if that's Mm. not your goal, that's kind of what the body is responding to. Um, Eating enough carbohydrates. So very, very low carb diets for cycling women can affect their cycle, make them longer, potentially make them go away, as well as um, healthy fats. So plant-based fats, avocado, nuts and seeds, olive oil, things like that. Fish is really great. Um, And colorful produce, fruits and vegetables, and quality protein. So we should be having protein at every meal and snack to help sustain a good blood sugar pattern because blood sugars can also influence um, periods and and symptoms with our cycles. When it comes to exercise, extensive, really um, intense exercise, I'm talking usually like a CrossFit or Orange Theory or um, just HIIT workouts, long sustained cardio or intense cardio. For some people, those are not well tolerated in the body and they can also act as stressors, especially if we're not fueling and not eating enough on top of that. So making sure that we're just looking at our exercise routine and and incorporating more gentle movement throughout our weeks. And then of course, stress management and plenty of sleep. Um, Those are also going to be lifestyle factors that can influence um, periods. And we have to keep talking about it. That is probably yes. one of the main components of it as well. Have those conversations with your daughters when it is time, um, even leading up to obviously, you know, when I have a, a six and a four year old, those conversations look a little bit different, but we can start those conversations. And so that's one of the big things as well. Um, Victoria, how can individuals 
reach out to you, contact you, give them all the scoops so that they, if they have questions or maybe they are looking for help in the fertility department or just regulating their cycles, how would they get a hold of you? Yeah. So, um, I help women with PCOS or, um, amenorrhea or fertility concerns. And if you're interested in that, you can contact me on my website, which is vn-nutrition.com, as well as I provide a lot of, um, free content on social media. And so on Instagram, you can find me at flow, F-L-O dot fertility nutrition. Well, I appreciate your advice. I appreciate you coming back on. Um, I'm sure that I'll be inviting you again. I have so much to learn about my body. (laughs) It's so ridiculous. Thank you. (laughs) You're so welcome, Victoria. Thank you so much. I'll have all that information on the show notes at jilldevine.com. And yeah, let's keep normalizing that talk. Have a great day, Victoria. You too. And as we wrap up this week's conversation, a reminder to check out Elemental Aesthetics. You can visit them online, elementalaesthetics.com. January is usually the month that people say, okay, it's time to put me first. And then you let it slide after a couple of months. Don't let that happen keep going. And actually at Elemental Aesthetics, they can make that easy for you because they have monthly memberships and they're awesome. So check out all of their specials by visiting elementalaesthetics.com. And again, check out that new laser, the Agnes laser, special pricing for January only. It's elementalaesthetics.com. Take advantage of all those wonderful pricing options that they have for you for this month. And when you make an appointment, make sure you mention Jill Devine because then you'll get a little swag bag. All right. I just want to say thank you for supporting this podcast. If you wouldn't mind sharing it with a friend, I'm not going to be mad about that. And you can follow along on the social media handles. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. You can find all of those by visiting jilldevine.com. And if you have a chance, wherever you're listening to this podcast, if you would subscribe, rate, and review, I'd greatly appreciate it. And as always, thank you for your support of two kids and a career. 